Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible in the Gospel of John, right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. And once again, you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there listening. What an honor it is that you would join us on this special day, not only as we honor our fathers here in this life, but also, of course, our Heavenly Father who gives life to everyone. Our Father who, as the Bible says in John 3.16, so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that he would lay down his life in our place and rise again victorious from the grave that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jason, Chip, joining me in studio once again, both fathers. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to you in particular because you have that new cute little baby you've got. Yep. Who's growing like a weed, I understand. Yes, he's growing uh, tall pretty quick, actually. Had to already adjust the car seat straps, which is always a joy. <laughs> awesome. Never makes me frustrated. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> they have that saying, you can put a man on the moon, but we can't make a car seat. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, you know, there's just something about uh, the first Father's Day with a, a newborn. Yeah. It's just, that's awesome. Yeah. So congrats again. Thank you very much. Would you guys been spoiled so far this morning? What'd you do? What are you doing? I don't know about spoiled. <laughs> Father's Day weekend for us coincides with uh, Papillion Days. For years, we've been in the Papillion area a long time, so we do a lot of stuff as a family around the Papillion Days uh, ceremonies and festivities. Okay. I, I'm hoping that uh, that some... Somewhere in that celebration, uh, you get to have a funnel cake because that's oh yeah that's the only reason I go to those funnel cakes, lots funnel of cakes. good food, uh, good vendors, uh, good music, all kinds of great fun. Cool, yeah. we'll have fun. Awesome. Well, happy Father's Day to all of you listening. Again, thanks for joining us as we continue to read about the love of our Father, the love of our God. Um, as Jesus said to uh, Mary Magdalene that we read um, last episode, that he's going back to our Father and his Father, our God and his God, because of what he has done for us through paying for our sins and uh, redeeming us back to the Father. We're in John chapter 20, and we're picking up in verse 19, making good progress here as we make our way through the last two chapters of John. So open those Bibles, John chapter 20, verse 19. Jesus is going to finally appear to his disciples and uh, bring them great gladness. But before that, Chip, why don't you pray for us? Okay. Lord God, thank you that we can call you Father. Thank you for sending your Son that makes that possible, uh, the Son that you sent to die on our behalf and in our place, and who gave us his righteousness that we can be your children, and we can say Happy Father's Day, knowing that our Heavenly Father, you, 
are watching over us always, as you promised in your word. Thank you. In your son's name, Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, and just in case we've lost track of time, where we're at, John says, the first day of the week, Easter Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. So I think it's worth backing up just a little bit here. So it's it's Easter Sunday, early, early in the morning as the sun was just breaking over the horizon. Mary Magdalene's out to prepare the body mm-hmm. for final burial. Um, she's supposed to go there. The tomb is supposed to be opened for her, but it's already open. The stone is cast aside. Uh, clearly something has happened. She believed the body was stolen. Runs to tell the disciples, John and uh, Peter, check it out. Um, and they confirm, yes, uh, the body is not here, and they tend to believe her that it was stolen. Where were the disciples, though? They doesn't really say in 19 alone. Uh, they were in a in an upper room, uh, a location where they would have been. It's, we're not given a specific location, but they were uh, in fear and hiding. If we go up to verse 2, she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken away the body of our Lord. Um, that's all we're really told is that she went to those two Presumably, they were still all together. We don't have a lot of details as to where they were in this in-between time, uh, but they were uh, together here on that evening of the first day. Well, I think it's probably reasonable to assume because they were hiding at this point that they were probably hiding during the events that we just read about in the last couple weeks, right? Yeah, John was at the cross. Right. Right, so... what happened in between being at the cross uh, and and then the Easter morning? Where did they go? What were they doing? We're just we're never told. Okay, we don't know. So they're in a room. I think the takeaway point is the doors are locked. What and, is it? And they're afraid. And why are they afraid? What are they afraid of? Um, crucifixion as well. Yeah, if this is what they did to our Lord, right? Why did Peter deny his Lord three times? He didn't want to be associated with him. Why not? For fear of facing the same punishment. Yeah, he was peering in, right, when he went into, when Jesus went in on trial for the first time and he was watching it happen and Jesus got struck in the mouth and, boy, this isn't going well, and then everybody starts to zero in on him. So, yeah, they're afraid that uh, they're going to suffer the same consequences. Well, and I don't know if this was on their mind at the time, and there's no way, this is just conjecture, but... Jesus did tell him, tell all of them before he went to the cross that, you know, you're going to endure oh, yeah. suffering. Yeah, uh, they, and they, I have no doubt, they didn't hear that any more than they heard, I'm going to rise again on the right. third day. True. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? God bless them. That, that's an extraordinary amount of information to take in. Yes. And, and our Lord even recognized that, right? You're not going to understand this now, but when the Spirit comes, uh, and, and that day is coming too on Pentecost. So the doors are locked. They're afraid. Jesus came and stood among them. Just walked in. Mm, 
he came and stood among them. The doors are locked. Yeah, that's what I'm... It's hard to put this together. There's a lot not said. Yeah, what you would expect is there was a knock at the door. <laughs> hey, let me in. It's Jesus. No, it's not. He's buried. Go away. <laughs> this. No, he just... I mean, the word, you don't get it here very good in this translation, but I think a more appropriate way to translate this passage in the Greek was Jesus appeared among them. Meaning... Yeah. Somebody had been there, and they appeared. Think about someone coming on stage, right? They're there. You just don't see them yet. So he's, he's been there. Think about it as if uh, he's just hiding behind a veil, right? And he just pulls the curtain back. He's already with them. They just haven't seen him or heard him. He's risen from the dead. So the, the language there really is Jesus appeared in their midst, and told them, peace be with you. He beamed in, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that, there's certainly a lot to imagine here. Uh, and as you mentioned that, Pastor, uh, a minute ago about, you know, he appeared. All of those thoughts were crossing my mind. Did he pass through a door, just show up, walk in? Did he follow, you know, Mary Magdalene? uh you know, a lot of those thoughts kind of just running through my head. Yeah, he is the risen, victorious Lord from the dead. He has defeated death, and along with that, he has defeated mortality and all of its limitations. And yet, he is still physical body, and that's important because uh, it says in verse twenty, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Now, this is really important because he's voluntarily doing this. Jesus is taking the initiative. Why might he show them his hands and his side? Well, I'm glad you got to that because I was reading ahead and I couldn't kind of wait till we did get there. But the hands, I thought maybe because he was crucified. Mm -hmm. And so he was maybe just proving his uh, replenishment or re renewal to... The side, I was a little, I couldn't come up with something as quick. Remember when they pierced him in the side with a spear because they saw he was already dead and blood and water flowed out? Mm. I did I, not remember. But. I think Jason was gone for that oh, episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see, it was one class. Yeah, Jason. he was out of town. Yeah. No, so as he was hanging on the cross, they normally break the legs of uh, the crucified. Uh, in order to ensure they die, suffocate. But when they got to Jesus, John tells us they already saw he was dead. Uh, so they pierced his side. And uh, that was to fulfill scripture as well. Um, so he has a scar not only on his hands and his feet, but also on his side from where he was pierced. And, and you're right. He's showing them this to prove not only am I restored, but I am my body, the physical Lord Jesus who slept and ate and drank and spoke and you could touch and you could feel. I'm not a, an apparition. I'm not a phantom. I'm not a spirit. I'm not a ghost. I'm showing you physical human scars so you understand that I have physically risen from the dead. So they, he has healed scars, not just completely back to prior to the scars. Yes, the scars are there. Yeah, he's not restored as, in, as if it never happened. 
Yeah. Okay. And as we've talked about before, those scars are part of not only how they know it's him for sure, but he has those scars eternally. They're how we're going to know it's our Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Might Why might he be saying peace? Well, they're they're scared. They're locked in somewhere. They're... You know, they just went through what they thought was the loss of Jesus. Yeah. You know, so anxiety's high. He's probably trying to put them at ease, like, hey, look at me. I'm I'm here. It's not it's not bad. Yeah. And that word shalom there is is quite uh we often think of peace as just the absence of conflict. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm if I'm not at war, we're at peace. But that word has a lot more to it than just that. It means completeness, wholeness. Uh, it has a lot of overtones to the creation account when God looked at everything and said it was very good. Uh, things are in the right order. So Jesus is saying not just calm down, but literally now through his scars, bringing peace to them, the peace that matters, the peace with them and God. Which is why, again, Jesus could say earlier when he was talking to Mary Magdalene, don't cling to me. I haven't yet gone to my father, but tell my brothers, tell the disciples, I am ascending to my father and your father, my God and your God. That's the peace Christ brings. And I think it's worth taking a minute and and talking about that biblical definition of peace versus how our modern religiosity has defined that word, that if you love Jesus and you follow him, you're going to find peace in your life. There won't be as much conflict. Well, no, as you've pointed out, right, Jesus promised his disciples, oh, in this world you're going to have tribulation because you're my disciple. And yet how many times do you hear today, if you just have enough faith, if you just this, if you just that, then things are going to get easier. And Jesus says the exact opposite. So he's not coming to his disciples who, as you said, Chip, before, he's already told them, you're going to suffer for me, and saying, here's a peace for you to just calm down. That's certainly part of it. The peace that's really going to not just calm them but inspire them and bring them hope is peace with God regardless of what happens in this life. I'm reminded of when St. Paul says, I can find contentment in all things, whether I am poor or rich, whether I have, you know, basically life is good or things are falling apart. I have that peace. I have that joy that I get because I know that this is just temporary. I am going, I am already living eternally because of what Jesus did for us. Yeah, that's one of those great coffee mug verses from the book of Philippians, right? I can do all things uh, through Christ who gives me strength, right? Or through Christ who strengthens me. And that's usually the part that they, they like to pick out of there. Right. Um, but what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 is like you're saying, I know how to be starving. I know how to be full. I know how to be poor. I know how to be rich. I know how to be beaten, beaten and chained. And I know how to be free. I can do all those things. Yes, the good stuff but also the really, really horrible stuff. Mm -hmm. All things through Christ who gives me strength. And we just don't like to think about the bad stuff with that. But I think it's critically important that we do. because Not because God wanted it that way, but bad stuff's going to happen in our life. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said so. God said so. 
if you eat of this fruit, you're going to die. Die, And you're going to sweat when you try and make your food. And you're going to have pain in childbearing. You, This isn't going to be all good. But that doesn't mean you're not without hope and joy and peace. And that's a very important distinction because I can't tell you how many Christians I've talked to as a pastor who get discouraged, if not filled with despair, because they look at their life and things aren't going the way that they want them to or the way that they've been told they should if they are reading their Bible enough, going to church enough. And all those things are important. I'm not saying that. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but if you're a Christian, you go to church because Jesus did. But that's not what makes you a Christian. Any more than the bad stuff happening in your life makes you not a Christian. Right. God does not treat us as we deserve. He has treated Christ as we deserve. So our peace with him is done. It's finished. It's complete. And that's what he's communicating to his disciples, even in the midst of their fear and trembling behind locked doors. But the second time he says it, Jesus adds something else. Not only does he say, peace be with you, uh, as he did in verse 19, but now he says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And again, you have that just as, right? In John 17, Father, I pray that they would be one just as we are one. And why did he pray for us to be one? So that the world would know that you've sent me. It's not a unity just for the sake of being united. Jesus prayed for his disciples and all believers to be unified in faith and in life because when the world looks at how Christians love each other, that is a huge testimony, witness to the fact that Jesus is who he said he is and he's done what he said he has done. So that peace connected with their relationship with the Father. Not just peace, but peace with, from, and for God. Bringing purpose into your life, right? I mean, people talk about that all the time, meaning and purpose. You may find shades of it. You may find temporary meaning and purpose. But eternal satisfaction is only going to come through that being sent by God and living that peace he's given you out in your life and for those around you. Well, I think you bring up a good point because as a pastor, I'm sure that you hear all the time, I'm just seeking what God wants me to do with my life. Right. Yep. And, you know, I, I guess if people would really read the scriptures, uh-huh. they would realize that we have great freedom in determining what we want to do for a living oh, yeah. or what we want to study or what we want for our hobbies. God's purpose for our life is that we would, as you just said, have unity with with other fellow Christians, knowing that we have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's, it seems like such a simple answer, but it's because it is. Yeah. Um, Colossians 3.23, I'll read that to you here briefly, says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. 
whatever you do. So you're right, Chip. I've gotten that question innumerable times, and my answer hasn't always been the same, but as I've grown in my understanding and in my, my walk with Christ, my answer for quite some time now has been, well, I'm trying to figure, well, Pastor, what does the Lord want me to do with my life? Well, what do you want to do with your life? Why can't he work through those passions and motives? The important part is you weigh that against his word. Right. Your first job is to determine is what you want congruent with what he wants. And not should I be a lawyer or a doctor. You can do both for Christ equally. God can use anything you do to glorify him. Mm -hmm. The question is, which one of these fields, your personality, your gifts, your time, your talents, your family, all those things in consideration, which path is going to be more in line with what he has told us? We may not always know every detail to what we should do. That doesn't mean we can't know some. And we should start with that. So, you know, I did not grow up thinking <laughs> by any far stretch of the imagination, I'm going to go be a pastor. No, I... I lived a life that suggested quite the opposite for a long time. Um, and God has used even that former life, a, a life in many ways that I'm not proud of, to bring him glory now. And if he can use that, I assure you, he can use flipping burgers, he can use working at a retail store, he can whatever. Mm -hmm. Do all for the glory of God. And that's part of being sent, right? He, yes, the apostles have a unique blessing, and we're about to read about that here shortly. But this is a this is a blanket sending. Just like we're not there yet, we celebrated on Ascension Sunday. It, it wasn't just the apostles up there. This was all the disciples. This was a mission given to the church: go into all nations. Uh, and Jesus isn't specific for a reason. I mean, you go to Ephesians four, pastors. Teachers, shepherds have been given to equip the church, meaning not pastors, shepherds. <laughs> well, church full of pastors doesn't exist. It can't exist. We need, my influence is far less significant. I mean, both of you guys are well-established in your fields. Think about how many people you know and see on a daily basis versus me. You tell me who can have a bigger impact. Sure. It ain't me. <laughs> well, my job is to equip you. When, and what I've found is as as the Lord has matured me and only through the word and going to church and being with my fellow Christians is is really the work that I do now, it's not something where I, I have a good reputation for what I do uh -huh. uh, and but it's not about that for me. It, it's about how can I use this to give him glory? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that doesn't always happen. It, it, you know, our pride tends to try to creep in sure. and, and whatnot daily. But I try to, my best to remember, and the best way to remember is to daily be in the word, yeah. that, look, it, this is all his. <laughs> so he could take this away tomorrow. Yep. And, you know, uh, he could take my very life. If you're going to do something, do it for him. Yeah, and you can do it for him. I think that's part of what Jesus means by saying, peace be with you. Uh, so many think of serving the Lord as an obligation. It's only an obligation if you belong to him. And if you belong to him, you're 
you don't think about it that way. Right. You 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 get to live for God because now you realize that before you were simply dead to him. You were dead period. And if 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 serving him doesn't excite you, uh, and again, there's varying levels of that, seasons of life, right? Sure. Uh, but if, if that doesn't excite you or at least uh, cause something to stir in your spirit, then I'm not too sure you do know him. Uh, that, that your life can now matter eternally. Not just some legacy you leave behind here for a temporary period of time until it's all gone, but everything you do can now have eternal meaning and purpose. I mean, that's as the Father has sent me, Jesus said. I'm sending you. To get back to 21, uh, the minute you read it, you know, when you first read it, uh, at the end, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. They're locked in a room, and they're scared. Imagine hearing that for the first time. That's like... uh, so glad you noticed that. Sending you where? I mean, am I headed? <laughs> am I headed to the cross? It, it, to me, it initially sounded somewhat scary. Um, you Brilliant. Know. <clears throat> and and I, there's no doubt it would have. And you're picking up on the exactly what uh, is going to lead us into the importance of verse 22. So yes, as the Father sent me, and they're up in the room terrified because they know where the Father sent Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it Jesus, was uh, to the cross, right? But then he's rose again, and that was, you know, no small feat to uh, to our eyes, you know, at the time, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and they, they still can't find the full hope in that yet, right? I mean, they're, they're still, they're glad to see him, right? They, that's what it says in verse 20. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. But you're right, Jason, what he's telling them is is by ourselves, according to our own emotions and, and intellect, a terrifying thing that God's going to send us like he sent Jesus. But that's not where Jesus leaves it. John has this interim comment that, because I think he wants us to connect it directly with what he said. When he said this in verse 22, when he said, I'm sending you just as the Father sent me, when he said that, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. What is the breathed on them part? He tells them, receive the Holy Spirit. So just like God breathed the Holy Spirit of life into the nostrils of Adam, Jesus is now breathing this new eternal salvation and life he's won for them, onto them, into them. That's the only way they're going to be able to go as Jesus went and do as he told them, you're going to do even greater things than me. Now, the other important part about this passage in verse 23 is this whole forgiving of sins, and if you withhold forgiveness from any, it's withheld. Okay, these are the apostles, the specific ones called to follow Jesus. He's giving them what we call the office of the keys, the authority from him on his behalf to forgive sins or withhold that forgiveness, essentially the office of the pastor. And that's not an office that a man fills on his own. We'll get much more into this next time. It's an office that is put upon a man by Christ. We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. 
If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.